0: praise God praise God praise the Lord hallelujah you know this is one of those mornings it's happened a handful of times That in this moment I feel like I'm interrupting if I just start what I had planned I still believe that the Holy Ghost is in it but I still believe that the Holy Ghost is doing something I I just want to I'm just saying this, so if it hits you, listen, don't get mad at me. Okay? Whether you're in this room or whether you're watching, I'm just saying this, don't get mad at me. If you are mad at me, ask God if you should be mad at me. Okay? Alright? And for all you Pharisees, for all you Pharisees, for all of you spiritually advanced people, you're going to be mad at me, but ask God. If you're so tight with God, He'll tell you. Amen? Okay we've let everything, almost everything and anything distract us. And we're causing it to hurt us. It's hurting our walk with God. It's blowing up our witness. And we say that we love Him, but we don't look anything like Him. Okay? I don't know who that's for. Maybe for me. If you're still identifying as an Italian-American as a Hispanic American, as a black American, or if you're still saying things like, well, my people this and my people that, you need to get saved. Because I am a Christian. I identify with Christ Jesus. Amen? And if anything else gets between that and my walk on this earth, I am not saved. Okay? All right. All right. So now if you really believe that, both in this room and watching, then you shouldn't have any problem with this message, I pray. In Jesus' name. Father, I just want out of the way. Lord Jesus, have your way. Lord Jesus, I know what I've prayed about. I know what I've ministered, or what you've ministered to me. Holy Spirit, get me out of the way. Whatever whatever you want done in this time that we have together, do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to start in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I want to pause here for a moment. If you'll notice right here, for the work of the ministry. See, we still need to get that in our minds and in our heads. You know, the, the ministry, the work of the church... Our fellowship is not about what we get, what we achieve as individuals. It's all done for everybody. It's for it's for serving Him. If that word ministry, service, for the work of serving Him. And we listen. We serve Him by serving each other, and by serving in the community, and by serving those who He's called us, who, who who's in our atmosphere. Amen? Amen. And Jesus Himself. See, I gotta I gotta say stuff like this because. Listen, Jesus Himself showed among the apostles, those who, were the, those who were the closest to Him, on that night when He had the Last Supper, when they had the Lord's Supper and they had communion together, He washed their feet. And He said to them very plainly, as He's saying to us now, if I, your leader, I'm your master and I'm doing this, what does this say about what you should be doing? Amen? Amen? Okay, so stop looking for the church that has all of the bells and whistles. Stop looking for the church that has all the programs and babysits your kids for you and teaches your kids things that you can't teach them because you won't follow God. Oh my Lord, have mercy. Stop it. Amen? Amen. So now let's continue in verse thirteen. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. Remember that. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. All of that is... this. This it, It just blows my mind. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. 2,000 years ago, this is exactly what's happening now. There's nothing new under the sun. There's these lies, there's deceit, and there's now it's done in the blink of an eye because of electronics, and we have all of this stuff right at our fingertips, and we can look at all the lies right there. Yeah, but they're they're quoting Scripture. Verse 15, look at it with me. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ. Come on, you see this? Who is the head? Christ. Into Him, speaking the truth in love. There's many of us that pride ourselves on speaking the truth, but we're not doing it in love. We're not doing it in love. So we're hurting people's feelings and running them off instead of just telling in love. Yeah. See, you could be the greatest theologian. You can have all of the knowledge, and you can know this thing backward and forward. But if you don't have love, and you're not delivering it in love, and if you're not, if you don't have the love of Christ in your heart, it's not going to do you any good. Not going to do Him any good. Amen. Alright? Because I know that we have a lot of Pharisees in the church. We have a lot of spiritual giants in the church. And they pride themselves on knowing the truth and speaking the truth, but they cannot do it with love. If you cannot do it with love, you need to get saved. God is love. Alright? Man, I'm hard this morning, alright? <laughs> I just I just heard that myself and I, man, I better calm this let me let me slow this thing down. I'll tell you what it what it is. I'm gonna just I pulled in the parking lot and there's a tag and it says, World's greatest grandpa. I beg to differ. Talk to my grandkid and that just put me in a bad mood, I guess. So whoever's bumper plate that is, I expect it removed immediately. Well talk to your neighbor. Now now now, now I know now we all know Miss D. Ms. D knows this Bible backward and forward. Well I'm gonna tell you, Miss D, tell your neighbor the truth in love. <laughs> but do it in love. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, if you come up to me after the service and try to tell me the truth in love, I ain't receiving it. I'm going to (laughs) tell you. right. so now I'm calm. I'm good. Hallelujah. (laughs) But look at the goal there. The goal is, watch, that we may grow up in all things into Him. See, this is all about our growth in Him, being with Him, closer with Him, united with Him, more intimate with Jesus. Amen, and and having him work in us and through us, not us achieving some things and having all of this knowledge and you know look at how and be all puffed up about it, right? Man, I, I I I don't have a lot of patience for people who choose to be ignorant, and I, as I said, choose to be ignorant, or people who think that they're spiritually haughty, they they're spiritually haughty, they know, they know so much. And they don't want to listen to anybody. And least of all, they want to listen to somebody who may be the least of these. If Jesus can use a donkey, right? Okay, so we'll leave it there. In Genesis 15.1, remember, this is one of the scriptures where we were last week. All right? In Genesis 15.1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. Now, let me uh, pause here for a minute. This was, remember, we did snapshots, and we were talking last week about Abraham and his life, and we took snapshots of his life. When it says after these things, this was after Lot had been captured with the battle of the kings, and, and Abram took his 300-plus men, and he went and he defeated the, the kings, and so on and so forth. And and, what, and remember, that's the king of Sodom, tried to bless him, and he wouldn't take it. I raised my hands to, the, to God, and I don't want anybody to think anybody made me rich except God. Right? And then he paid tithes to Melchizedek, Melchizedek blessed Abraham, Amen. Okay, so then when it says after these things, after what he's speaking of, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, "Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward." Amen. Did you hear that? You see, all of the riches and all of this other stuff, God is saying, "Ah." Uh-uh. See, and that's still the problem in the church today. We think that our whole goal, everything that we do all of this religious stuff that we do, go to church, send the kids to church, send the kids to Christian camp, all of this stuff is so that we have a better, easier life. Uh Uh-uh. And that's why pastors like me who will continue, and there are a lot of us, some of them do have big churches. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But my brothers and sisters, listen, it's not popular. And it's going to be less and less popular. As more persecution comes to the true church and then you have people who are not willing to compromise, come on, it's going to get worse and worse. People like us will be fewer and fewer. He's separating the contenders from the pretenders now. Are you a, are you a contender? Are you a contender? Are you fighting the good fight of faith? Are you a contender? Keep contending for the faith. It's going to get a little bit tougher. And that's how you know you're doing it right. Amen? Hallelujah. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. It's Him that we're after. It's He. It's not the riches. It's not status. It's not stature. It's not an easy life. It's That's not... No. Will God give us things? Sure He will. But He said this, the same God who will give us everything, who has it in His power to give us anything and everything just by the word of His mouth. He said this through His Word. Having food and clothes, be content. But the world says a lot of different things to us, doesn't it? Man, I saw one of the most ridiculous things that I've ever seen. This football player is, is getting a, two, a 240-something million dollar contract for five years, all guaranteed money. Are you kidding me right now? That's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, maybe he'll sow some into the church. I hope he joins this church. no. <laughs> But do you understand how ridiculous that, man, he's blessed and all this, and now he could do things for God. I hope he does. I, I pray he does. But my brothers and sisters, that's where all of this goes. We have so many young people right now who are spending more time training for athletics than spending time in Sunday school. We have more parents, listen to me, we have more parents worried about sending our kids just to the right school so they get just the right education, so they go just to the right college, so they jump. What about God? What about teaching them this Bible? We should be more concerned what they're teaching them because I'm going to tell you right now, if you're dependent on public schools to educate your kids... Wait, wait, wait. I give credit to Christians who have their kids in public school, who are still raising their kids as Christians. I will tell you, that is a hard job, very hard to do. You need help from the church and from the people around you. So those of us, man, I'm telling you, help them. Don't be a hindrance to them. And that's what this message is about. Are we growing? Are you growing? And listen... If you're not growing, then how in the world can you expect your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, nephews, those who God has put in your atmosphere, how can you expect them to grow? Especially if you're sending them out there in the public school. And maybe, listen, maybe they're in a private school, but they're constantly doing this. Maybe they're listening to Christian music. Who cares? that That's going a heck in a handbasket as well. They're compromising. It sounds just good enough, we'll let it slide, but if you really get down to it, they're compromising. They're trying to appeal to the LBGTQ, whatever that, those letters are. Do you, you understand what I'm saying to you? Order, well, see, we do that and then we get them in. What you win them with is what you win them to. You can't win them with that and then think that you're going to pull the rug out from underneath them and then get them to believe truth. You can't do that. Amen? Okay. As long as we understand each other, okay? All right. So now listen. The goal, him. So let's go back because all of us, many of us, some of us, a few of us—say so I have to qualify that—are studying together Philippians on Wednesdays. So in Philippians chapter three, you guys remember this. This is what Paul said: what things were gained to me? He named all of those things that were so important in his life—status, stature, even as it relates to religion. You know how good, he was a lawyer. He was—you know—looked at. He was—he had status. He had stature. He had money. He had—he was a—a—he a, uh, was a—gosh, uh, what is it? Uh, Forgive me, I'm, I'm struggling here with a word. <clears throat> he was a Roman. He has citizenship in Rome. Right? That was something to be looked greatly upon. But what things were gained to me, these have counted for loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as garbage. Yes. Are, see, are we ready to do that? Are we ready to say all of these other things that the world and that we're raising our kids to compared to the knowledge of knowing Christ is garbage? It shouldn't be so, looked so highly upon. It's not worth that much time. Now, listen to me, young people. I'm not in any way saying that you shouldn't aspire to do good things, that you shouldn't aspire to get good grades, that you shouldn't aspire to get into a good school. Hopefully, a Christian college, hopefully, a Christian university, where they're not going to try and teach you about Christianity and all this other stuff. It's just garbage. No, no, no. Listen, and you're too smart for that. No, hopefully it's a Christian. But, but having done all of that, understand that it's what you can do for Christ in this life. Because listen, let's just say this, and you all, we all know this, you could, be the, you could be the millionaire, you could be the richest, rich, 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 and, then, you know, and and live happily in your mind and in your opinion until you fade and go away. But every one of us is going to have to stand before the Lord. And we're going to have a given account for our life. And the Lord doesn't care what our bank account said. The Lord doesn't care how many multi-million dollar contracts we have signed. It's what did you do with what I gave you? Amen? Okay. So as long as we know that, young people, you know that. It's not wrong to get good grades. It's not wrong to aspire for, to do good things. It's not wrong to want to have a family. It's not wrong. Those things are not wrong in and of themselves. But they have to take a back seat to what God has called you to do. It has to take a back seat to you being educated and growing in the Lord. You should be... Look at my grandkids. They're all bigger than me now. The only ones that aren't bigger than me are uh and McKinley. And y'all are laughing. That's not good. <laughs> you see what I did here? I asked Rachel. I saw that when I was at Rachel and, and Mitch's house. And I saw that. And, and you can see what that is, right? Okay, so I remember, you know, Mitch and Rachel, they got pretty good stuff, and, you know, Rachel's always neat and clean, and I can't imagine them writing on the walls, but we used to do it on the, <laughs> we used to write on the wall, you know, on the door posts, uh, you know, and, and measure the kids, right, and you see, and it's neat, and then the kids get up there, you know, and write it, and then look back, I'm afraid to do it myself, because it's probably going lower now, not higher, gravity, it's affecting you all, so don't laugh at me, it's affecting you, all. but so now watch, when the kids go up there, you know, you mark it, and then they look back, and they could see the progress, right? How are we measuring our growth? Come on, Christians. How are we measuring our growth? Look what else Paul said in chapter 3. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Are you getting the flavor here? It's in Him that we live and move and have our being. Right? Right? That's what this is all about. It's all about being in Him, knowing Him, knowing Him more. Do I know Him more now than I did back then? Right? How, how do I? Well, if I know Him more, I look more like Him. Boy, it's a little quiet. You're about to make me get mad again. So now, watch. You got to ask yourself: Are you growing? are you growing and what metrics are you using to judge that or decide that is it because you have more you know more about the bible i hope you do because without this you can't grow you got to you got to read and pray if you're not reading and praying you're not going to grow and so to the to to the degree that you devote yourself to reading and praying that's the uh, growth rate all right okay if we starved our kids every time we put them up against that doorpost or every time we use this real nice measuring stick, would they grow? Of course not. So neither can a Christian grow spiritually without this spiritual food. But we're trying, aren't we? No, no, no. You hear me? We're trying to grow without it. How much, how much time do we, do we devote to other things but not to reading and praying? And listen, not just reading and say, okay, I did my duty. No, reading but understanding Reading and then understanding what the words are actually saying. Jesus said, "My words are spirit and they are life." So it need, it needs to be more than just words on a page, right? It needs to be more than just words on a page. It should be doing something. You should have there. There. You should. It should be noticeable. And and it doesn't have to be noticeable. Oh wow! Did you? I read that and the hair went up on the back of my neck. And blah, blah, blah. no, it could be just something very simple as uh oh, uh oh. So last night, um, Rachel and Mitch had the kids again. We had the uh, youth activities here, and and Michelle and I were in back with Brinley McKinley. And so Brinley was awesome. She's putting this puzzle together, and McKinley is coming up behind me, just giving me a smack every once in a while, and then running away, thinking she's pop up needed a spanking, I guess. I blame Mimi, but pop up needed a spanking. And so I would chase her back. But Brimley was putting together a puzzle, and she did really good. This little four-piece puzzle, and of course, my grandkids are smart. Really. But she, she's putting this puzzle together, and then she did it, and I have hey, good job, and all that. And she, she grabbed the puzzle, she turned it upside down, and she looked at me, she said, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Okay, so I say that little cute story just because I love my grandkids. no. But when we read this word, it should mess up our picture. You didn't get that, did you? See, we have this picture of this life, good or bad. But we have this picture. And when we read this word, sometimes it should be, uh uh-oh. Are you getting it? See, and if we don't get to that point, my brothers and sisters, and even those of you who may not be my brother or sister yet, when you start getting into this word, there there should be a handful of uh uh-oh moments. Because what it should do is say, "Uh uh-oh, my life needs to be dumped out. And he let him put the pieces back together. See, I see, it's like looking at the, you know, that thousand uh, jigsaw puzzle with a thousand pieces. You look at the box and you start putting it together. And so, you know, how many times have you done that and it's not coming together fast enough or just right enough and you look at the cover of the box? How many times do you have to look at the cover of the box? Come on, count me out here. You got to look at the cover of the box. You got to look at this, and 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 not just look and give it a, a glancing. Now study it, amen. Okay, since so and then you're comparing yourself to that, and that's how you know if you're growing, right? But now I want to I want to talk to you again. Give me a little bit more time here to work things out because I me I was I was reminded about a person in Acts chapter eight. In Acts chapter eight, um. Remember, uh, the persecution started coming to the church and the church was scattered. And Philip ended up in Samaria, right? And it was, it was pretty neat. They, they traveled all over. Now watch. In verse 5, I'm going to give you verse 5. Some of it will be up here in Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. He preached what to them? Christ. 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 And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame and were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Okay, leave that up there for me, uh, Addie. Listen. Hearing and seeing, the multitudes with one accord they heeded. What does that mean? They received it, they paid attention to it, they applied it. That's what that word means. If you look it up, do a word study, please. Check this out. Make sure you read Acts chapter 8 and you do a word study. That word just doesn't mean, well, they heard it. No, they heard it. They applied it. They took it to heart. And they applied it to their lives. But look at the hearing and seeing the miracles. Not just hearing of, they heard things. What did they hear? They heard the speaking of other tongues. They heard prophecies, right? They heard divine utterances. Come on! See, I, 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 I talk about tongues, everybody's quiet. Well, then it's going to be dead silent in here because I'm going to talk more about it. Hallelujah. Hearing and seeing the miracles we did for unclean spirits. My brothers and sisters, this thing is huge because people think now, when I even say stuff like that, oh, that's that snake handling stuff and all that, and I knew Tony was one of them Pentecostals. Listen, this is serious stuff. Let me ask you something. If it happened then, and it was real, real enough to be in this Bible, what happened? They all The enemy gave up? No, he's working hard. He's working overtime. So you think it don't happen now? It happens now. And I've known people, I've met people, I've seen it done, I've participated in, you know, uh, oh boy, I, I, could, I, I could hear the computers clicking off right now. My brothers and sisters, listen. That's exactly what the enemy of your soul and mind wants us to think. Oh, that's all hooey. That's that's those Pentecostals. That's that wild stuff. No, we don't know. That's just what the enemy wants. That's just what he wants. Seeing miracles, unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice coming out of those who were possessed. That's some of the stuff that they were hearing. Many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Great joy in that city. Well, yeah. I mean, if God started healing people in our midst, and if God started doing all those things in our midst, there would be great joy here. Guess what? He's doing it. There are people in this room that have been miraculously healed by God. Amen? There are people in here whose lives have been changed miraculously by God. He's doing it. Now, is he doing it like that? No. You know why? Because we're not growing like we should be growing. We still have all of these distractions. We're still working our ways for this world. We're still trying to make all of these other relationships right. We're still trying to make all that money. We're still trying to get this next job. We're still still trying to get the better house, the more cars, the blah blah Whatever. No. we're not growing because again, Our reward is not looked upon as being God Himself, as Jesus Himself. My exceedingly great reward is Jesus and knowing Him. Amen? Okay. So now watch. Because I've brought these things up, I want to stay here just a minute. What things? These miraculous powers, these manifestations of the Spirit. So, write this down. I'm going to give you some scriptures. Write them down and please check them out later. They're not going to be on the screen. In 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 4, here's what it says. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Watch this. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Did you hear that? So these working of miracles, these things, this work that the Holy Spirit is doing, making Himself known through people, is for the pr- profit of everyone, not for the profit of that person that the Holy Spirit is anointed to do it. Are you there? Yes. So don't send me a thousand dollars and I'm going to pray a special prayer. And don't, don't do that. Now, if you want to send me your prayer request, I'll be more than happy to pray for you. Now, let me ask you something. Is the fact that I'm not asking you for a1,000 dollars diminish the value of the prayer? But to look at the modern church and look at what happens, that would appear that way. Well, I'm going to send my thousand to this guy because, man, look at all these testimonies. Shame. Shame. Okay, so now stay with me. Young people, don't fall asleep on me. This applies to you too. You know what? The spiritual gifts and manifestations are for all of us. All of us who call ourselves Christians. For to one, verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, capital S, His Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit, capital S, His Holy Spirit, works all these things, distributing to each one as He wills. Not as I will, not as you will, but as He wills. Are you there? So uh, Come on. Why? Because it's all about His work. It's all about serving Him. So I may think, well, I want to do this. Well, maybe He doesn't want you to do that. Maybe you should just seek Him and make Him your exceedingly great reward. And whatever He has for you, that is the absolute perfect thing for you. Amen? Okay, well, we'll leave it there. So I want to remind you of something. Because, again, this tongues thing seems to be something that so many people stumble over. And I will tell you again, as I've told you in many times past, especially for those of you who have been with me for a long time, because this Gift this manifestation has been so mishandled it 's been so abused it 's gotten a bad name. There are still people in the church that say well you don 't have to be you don 't have to speak in tongues uh, that 's got nothing to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, I beg to differ because everywhere that I see in this in this Bible when the Holy Spirit fell, somebody spoke in tongues yes. Amen. now look i 'm not promoting one gift over another i 'm just saying we shouldn't listen. We shouldn't defame a gift or we shouldn't criticize a gift or we shouldn't be repelled or repulsed by a gift just because some people have abused it. Yes. Right? right? Okay. I could hear the computers turning off right now. I knew, I knew that guy. <laughs> no, listen. Come on now. Come on. That's one of the things that people hear. But see, now other people will say, well, it's just the ability to speak in a language that you weren't taught. Mm. No. Let me just go ahead and say some things just to make sure that we're all on the same page. Okay? In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Okay? What is a tongue of an angel? Right? Now watch. Here's what they... I, I am not mad at anybody and I'm not and I'm not, I don't mean this as a personal criticism toward anybody, but I've heard the seminarians and some people from certain denominations say to me, Tony, that's, Paul is speaking hyperbole there. It's not literally tongues of angels. Let me ask you something. What language was spoken before the Tower of Babel? Anybody know? Some people say Hebrew. No, it doesn't say. It doesn't really say. Luke, help me out. We don't know, but I want to tell you something. Think about this: Adam and Eve, Adam specifically, he walked and talked with God daily before he fell. What language did he speak? Not, <laughs> Not Hebrew. He had, to speak a, he had to speak God's language. He spoke a language. And remember, listen, when he was created, he was created fully spiritual. Yes. He had a body, but he was a spiritual being. Yes. Come on, somebody, don't get, don't get mad at me now. No, Hang with me. Yes. What language does he speak? Totally. So then, how about this? That helps me out a little bit more then. So now remember, when th- those people were raising the Tower of Babel, and they were speaking language. They understood each other. And then God confused the language. Hmm. I wonder if they were no longer able to speak that language that was handed down to them by Adam. See, remember, remember what was said. Remember what God said. God said, whatever they imagine, they can do. Let me confuse the language. Come on. That's deep stuff. So he confused. So though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, it's not hyperbolic. 1 Corinthians 14 1 and 2. Pursue love. You hear that? Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. This is the word of God saying that we should desire spiritual gifts. So to all of my friends of other denominations that say this is now. They're not for today. What other part in this Bible then do you want to say is not for today? Right. Just saying. But especially that you may prophesy. Why prophecy? For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Amen. <laughs> no one understands him. Wait a minute. If it was an English language, then... I mean... I'm sorry. If it was a human language, then someone would understand him. Yeah. This says in Corinthians... Oh, wait. Yeah, I did give it to you. I apologize. He who, he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Amen. So listen, when I'm speaking in a tongue, it's, it's not a language that's known. No man understands. And that's why he goes into that, those next verses. It says that's why it's more important that you prophesy. What? Because when you prophesy, when you're speaking a divine utterance, but in a language that people understand, it edifies the body. Everybody hears it. Everybody gets a chance to understand it. Holy Spirit's ministering. When you're speaking in an unknown tongue, you're edifying who? Mm. Yourself. Yourself. Is there anything wrong with that? No. No, absolutely not. But that's why Paul is saying to a church that misuse the gift he's saying listen you are putting so much emphasis so much important on that gift and you're saying oh and you're all coming out with these tongues it's it's not done in order it's not being interpreted in front of the congregation it's not being interpreted forgive my grammar so now watch so he's getting he's he's saying to them it's more important that you go ahead and you and you prophesy so that everybody can understand it okay are we there is tongues real? Yeah. yeah. Is it for today? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Some of you said yes. So now let's go back to Acts 8. So now remember, again, he, he Philip, is preaching in Samaria. They have a revival and all the people here and there, there, there's these signs and wonders and these miracles that are taking place. Uh, people are uh, baptized and all this other stuff. But remember Simon the sorcerer. Remember Simon the sorcerer, he was one that did incantations and he did tricks and he did all this magic and all this other stuff and all the people he all the people were amazed by him and oh man this guy does the great works of God. Uh-uh. So now what happens is the apostles back in Jerusalem, they hear about this, that they hear about this um This revival that has taken place. And so now what they do is they send Peter and and the apostles. They go up there because the Holy Spirit hasn't fell yet. I'm going to read to you out of Acts chapter 8. Listen. Listen to me. Simon himself actually believed. Right? He saw all of that happening and he saw this. He believed. And he was baptized. Simon the sorcerer. He saw all of this stuff happening. He saw this. And he believed and he was baptized, right? You remember that? Okay, so now let's go in uh, Acts 8.14. Now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Listen. For as yet, he, the Holy Spirit, had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of Jesus, the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay. Here, my brothers and sisters, is a problem. Were they saved? Yes. They were baptized and they were saved. They received the Holy Spirit. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. So this is a contradiction. No, it's not. Because if you read and study scriptures, it says when we re- listen, when we get saved, we receive the Spirit of adoption. We receive Holy Spirit with a measure, and we can now really say with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is our Savior and He's our Lord. We've been dealt a measure. Yes. We've received the Spirit of adoption. We have the ability to believe in Jesus Christ, but there's more. How do I know that? I just read it. Yes. <laughs> there's more. Yes. And ha- and the pr- listen. And the manifestations are the manifestations of the Spirit, capital S. Right? So all of those signs, wonders, and miracles was, a, was the Holy Spirit working through Philip and all of these manifestations were taking place. And even though these manifestations were taking place, the apostles, you know, Peter and John had to go up and, 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 he, and he laid their hands on them. They laid their hands on them because they hadn't received it yet and they were baptizing them in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Don't get so excited. let have a lot of Baptists in here today. When Simon saw, this is verse 18, when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also, that anyone whom I lay hands on receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. I want to pause right here. I heard of my preacher Said this better than Laurent. He Pastor Laurent said this better than anybody else. I just love that guy. He said, Man, Simon messed with the wrong apostle. <laughs> because if you say something like that to Peter, you know he's he's not brash, he's not shy, he's gonna turn around. I guess the only one that he could have been worse was with Paul, but you know, John was mild mannered, loving, you know, gentle and all this. Peter, nothing gentle about him. <laughs> right? So so he says, Give me, I'm gonna pay you. I want to be able to do that too. I want that same power. I want to be able to lay hands on people and have that manifestation start taking place. I want that. Said it to the wrong apostle. Your money's going to die with you. Hallelujah. And now when he says, well, you're going to... He, listen, it says very specifically before that, he was a believer. Who? Simon, the sorcerer. He was a believer. He was baptized. And now, bada bing, he says, hey! Your money is going to die with you. He's not saying you're going to die and go to heaven. No. Your money is going to perish with you. You're going to to die. If you think that, if you really want, if that's the motive of your heart, if that's still what you're looking at, then you're going to die in your sins and trespasses. I believe that in my heart, and the Holy Spirit will have to convince me otherwise. I'm telling you something, my brothers and sisters. Too many times in the church, we have too many of us, Pentecostals or whatever you want to say, whatever label, full gospel. I'm not Pentecostal. I'm full gospel. Too many of us would say, you know, those are the things that we we have to do, we must do, and those are the things that give me credibility if I do this stuff and we put on the show. No, that's what's caused it to be rejected by so many people who think that they believe in Jesus Christ, whether they do or they don't. My brothers and sisters, it's not about the show. It's about my my great reward. It's about being so close to Jesus and having a passion for people that, Lord, I may not be able to lay my hands on the sick and have them recover, but I am able to deliver Your Word. Hallelujah! So I'm going to be satisfied in this moment, Lord, to deliver Your Word that someone might be healed spiritually. There might be somebody among among us that is able to lay hands. I want to tell you something. There are people in this room that have seen that happen. It's happened among us. Catherine... Can you testify? Has it happened among us? Yes. Happened among us. Happened in my family. You've heard my testimony about my son. Um, gosh, it, it's happened. The Lord has blessed me through my life, and not always me being the one to lay on my hands. Sometimes yes, but sometimes no. When, I, my, when my son was healed, I didn't lay hands on him. I was praying for him. I didn't know what to do. I was heartbroken, me and Michelle. We brought him to the elders. We, we just knew what the Bible said. Let's, we were baby Christians then. We brought him to the elders of the church. The elders of the church prayed a prayer. When Michelle was diagnosed with possibly having leukemia, man, my heart was broken. Uh, you know, but hey, we brought her to our pastor. And I remember this like it was yesterday. My pastor stood up there, our pastor, me and Michelle and a couple others, friends of ours who were elders in the church, and the pastor first thing out of his mouth, and he he's not one for show. Some of you who are familiar with Pastor Loren. he's not a big showy guy. It's just what it is. He says, I don't know, I feel great faith right now. Amen. She doesn't have leukemia. Amen. Well it's just a coincidence. No it's, no, it's not. See, these things mean something, man. These things these things stick. And it's real. And I don't have to see uh, my leg grow longer than the other. I don't have to see, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to flap my wings like a bird. I don't have to, are, are you there? I don't have to hang from the chandeliers and all that. I just know when I call upon the name of the Lord, something happens. Amen? I have to know that. And it might, listen, and it might not be me. I was thankful that there's a man of God that we could take my wife to, my kids to. Thankful. Yeah, if I, if I lay my hands and it doesn't happen, guess what? I'm going to the next one. Hallelujah. I want my wife healed. But she, you know what else? I'm so blessed. My wife, she can get a hold of God herself. Come on. Am I getting too excited for you? Hallelujah. So the reason why I spent so much time here is because that's also part of the way in some of the churches that I've been around and some of the people that I've been around, that's the way they measure their growth. is that spiritual dynamism which sometimes is real and sometimes it's not. You, you, You feeling me? And so they're thinking, you know, I I will tell you this, the church that Michelle and I went to and that I really grew up in, Michelle was already saved, but the church that I grew up in, I mean, they put so much emphasis on tongues, Michelle rejected it. Is it okay, baby? Yeah. Michelle rejected it. Michelle didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost just because they, they were making it seem like unless you did speak in tongues, you're not saved. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if Jesus is your exceedingly great reward and that's what He has given you, why don't you want it? Jesus said, I have to go away that I can send the Holy Spirit to you. And when He comes, here's what He's bringing. Come on! Okay, Holy Spirit, I want the faith to believe in Jesus. And I want the faith to be able to get a healing now and again whenever I want it. But all that other stuff, I don't think that's for today. Come on! So, so my brothers and sisters, that that was part of an issue, but I remember one night. See, God has a plan. Yes, he Her and I were at a, at a special service one night, and a guy gave. An, uh, the 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 preacher was out of prison. He spent time in prison, and he gave testimony as to what he did. You know, God got a hold of him, and 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 the ministry that God had done through him in in prison was awesome. And he gave an altar call. It was an evangelistic type of thing, but he also then had. A, he called for those who needed the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'm praying and, and I'm peeking out of my eye because I had tried to force Michelle myself. I mean, you know, you a, but then I just, God, you know her, she's yours, you do it. And so I'm peeking out of my corner of my eye here. But when he gave that invitation, Michelle went up. She was baptizing the Holy Ghost, tongue talking. Growth. Growth. So, so, so what's the next thing? I see her now speaking prophecy. How many, of you were, how many of you were around during the women's conference? You guys don't know how brutal that was for her. I mean, that night, not sleeping... We came in here that night to get her used to the pulpit the, the night before. We were up until, what, midnight or something, had making preparations and all that. And, and Michelle was, we, for a little while, I tore her out of there, hey, you need to pray, you need to get... And she was in this pulpit trying to get used to everything. Man, it was not good. And I remember in the morning, she didn't hardly sleep. And then in the morning, we were up real early because we had to come back, back early and make preparations. And, you know, it was not good. And she was practically in tears. I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. In fact it was I, I felt her heart. I felt bad for her because I felt like you know I set her up. But then I, I just remember this. Rachel was MCing that event. And I said to Rachel, Listen, just have something a little bit ready because I'm not sure how how long mom's gonna gonna go. Amen, Rachel? I'm not lying. I'm not sure how long mom's gonna go. But I will tell you she she got in this pulpit. Now we had Uh, this room full of women it was an awesome awesome thing we need to do that again but then we had some of the pastors um, uh, pastor Eli uh, and pastor Rory and some other pastors from other churches who were helping us pastor Eli's congregate helped us with the praise and worship music and you know Janice Russo pastor Janice she did the she was the keynote speaker then uh, pastor Otero or uh, sister Otero did uh, some speaking but Michelle was the lead and uh, I just remember this, uh, I was in the back working on things and we had the music, I'm sorry, we had the messages uh, on speaker in the room. And the, that, was, that was the green room, the little nursery area there. And so we had it going on. And so I walk in there and at the same time, and they, Anthony was still working the sound. Uh, I walk into the room and I'm sitting under the speakers and I hear my wife speaking. I look at Pastor Eli, and he looks at me, and I'm saying, are you hearing this? He said, that's awesome. And then I get a text from Anthony, and Anthony says the same thing. Are you hearing this right now? The told Tony says, she nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 looked and I'm like, yeah, she did. <laughs> But but here here's what I'm saying. And see I'm I'm sorry, Michelle. I but I didn't plan on saying this to you. But I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, from her heart, Holy Spirit filled her mouth. We went from listen, I'm I'm not I'm not making this up, I'm not embellishing. We went from I really I don't want to do this and in the morning being in tears. I really don't want to do this to getting in the pulpit and delivering such a powerful, meaningful message. That was Holy Spirit, y'all. That's the gift of prophecy working through her. And it could work through you. Do you see why these spiritual gifts are so important? And so we measure our growth sometimes by that, but not only by that. Because we get proud and puffed up. The Apostle Paul says, look, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I wish you all spoke in tongues. But remember what he said, though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not love, I'm just making noise. It's better if you prophesy so that you're not just bringing attention to yourself, but you're edifying the body. Are you with me? Okay, so let's be careful about how we're measuring our own growth. Amen? Alright, so now you're with me, right? Okay. Simon reacted. He said, pray for me. Remember, Peter said, hey, your money's dying with you. Pray for me. I don't want these things to come upon me. Right? So I don't know what happened beyond that. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see Simon in heaven, you know, maybe we won't. But but anyway, so now so so now beg the question. Okay? What are the things that we measure our own growth by? If it's not strictly uh, like some would say who are full gospel ministers, that it's speaking in tongues, it's laying your hands, it's all these signs, wonders, and miracles, which by the way, again, I don't want to diminish. It's very important, right? Is that point been made? Okay? I'm not, that needs to happen. It needs to happen. And it, it, I'm telling you. Okay? But, it could be abused. And that's not the only thing that we look at. Especially, again, when you have someone like the Apostle Paul, Jesus saying through the Apostle Paul, if you speak in tongues, but you don't have love, you're making noise. So what do we measure ourselves by? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Because this scripture has been with me, and you guys that are with me on Wednesday, it's been crushing me for weeks. Please put it up. Philippians 4. Beginning in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Did you see that? You want to measure your growth? How are we doing in that department? Let your gentleness be known. Let me ask you something. (laughs) I can make excuses, and I could say, "Well, I'm Italian." But I said, "Starting this whole service, I can't identify with that anymore. I'm a new creation. I'm a Christian." Well, I could say this. Well, this is the way I was been brought up. There's some circumstances in my life. When this is talking about letting your gentleness be made to, made known to all men, it's not that you are way up high or way. You have these emotional outbursts. You're oh, you know, things are great. <laughs> or things are bad. Somebody gets on your nerve and you're looking to smack somebody. Right? Come on. This is speaking about this evenness. About this, let's see, moderation. And I think it's in the King James. I, please forgive me. I just can't remember. But I think it says, let your moderation be known to all men. And look what it says the Lord is at hand. So now some interpret that to mean that the Lord is he's coming. And I believe it. The Lord is coming back at any moment. He's going to, he could split the sky right now. So let me ask you, don't raise your hand, but think about this. Think about the tone and tenor of the message. Are you growing? And so then, before you answer this, if the Lord does split the sky, listen to me, everybody, and those of you who are watching me, right now, if the Lord split the sky right now, would you go? if the sound of the trumpet, if the voice of the archangel said, your name, no, he might not say your name. Well, yeah, he's going to say my name. Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm not trying to get you to doubt your salvation. What I'm trying to do is make sure that you have, you're ready, that you're aware, that you're looking, that you're not going to be like, he's coming in like a thief in the night. And He's given us certain instruction. He's given us things to watch for so that we would not be overtaken by the age that we're living in. Come on! I, see, I, I, I kind of lost you. See, when I was saying all of those funny stories and I was giving, everybody was in it, and, but, but now it's so serious. Because this is what this all boils down to, my brothers and sisters. And especially someone who loves you. Who loves you. Who loves you. My family, uh, my, my church family, my friends, people I've known for years. If the Lord split the sky... Would you go? And listen, you better be able to back it up with this, with the Bible. You better be able to back it up with the Scripture. Not just because you think that you're righteous. Because your righteousness is filthy rags. Not because you've gone to church. Not because you've done the right thing. Not because you've accumulated some wealth here on earth. Not because you're cleaner than the next guy, gal, whatever. Not because you haven't cheated on your wife. Not because you haven't stolen anything. not because. No, forget all that. Are you in Christ? Is He your exceeding great reward? because those are the people that are going to get raptured. Oh, I just I could hear I could hear him turn off again. Those are the ones who will be raptured. Amen. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So we know he's coming back at any moment. But wait a minute. He's already here. He's already with me. And remember all of the other lessons that we've been involved with. Remember in Timothy, lay hold of eternal life. Now, He's not saying to chase it so that maybe when the Lord splits the sky or that maybe if today's to day that you're going to take your last breath that you can make it to heaven. No. He's saying lay hold of eternal life now. Now. Why? He's at hand right now. Jesus said the kingdom is available now. I'm bringing you the kingdom of God now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. It's right now. Amen? We get to experience God's love and blessing we get to experience listen the rule of his kingdom he's our king now he's not our king when he sets it up in jerusalem and not too many days ahead he's not our king when we go and stand before him and we see him in his glory and then we see him face to face no he's our king now hallelujah hallelujah he's my king now And there is no other power greater than His. If I can live my life according to that, then all of this other stuff starts to get a little bit dimmer and dimmer. Come on, Hallelujah! He's my King now. So let my moderation, let my gentleness, stop flying off the handle. Stop getting so emotional about every little thing. But I'm an emotional person. In my house, you're just seeing it. This and you're a new creation. You're a Christian. You're a Christian. Let your moderation be known to how many men? Oh. All, all men. The yeah. Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. I need to hear this. Stop worrying about your grandkids every minute of every day. Stop worrying about this. Stop worrying about your church every minute of every, of every day. Stop wondering if is anybody growing in my church. I, 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 I this crushes me. I I know what some of you do and say. I've been criticized by many for not coming to you and just dancing all over you. Stomping you. How many messages do I have to preach? How many times do I have to say it from this pulpit? Do I have to get in your face? Because listen, if I do, then something's wrong. Because Holy Spirit should be bringing you conviction. right Right now. Right now. Right now. If I've got to get in your face, and then you're worried about what Tony says or thinks, is that real? Oh no, I'm not saying now that there's no room for church discipline. But what I am saying is, listen to the messages. Listen to, read the word. See what God is saying. Let Holy Spirit minister to you. Amen? Amen. 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 Look, there's still people in this room that haven't made a full commitment to God. Under all of this preaching and teaching, Still, there's still people in this room who have said one thing but lived something else. I know there are many watching uh, by computer or whatever the means is right now, but but who have talked a good game but are just still holding back. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Isn't Jesus your exceedingly great reward? Come on. Boy, that message, message got bad all of a sudden, didn't it? it got bad all of a sudden no hallelujah anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication stop depending on your own abilities and talents oh I'm not saying to sit there like a bump on a log pray first make your listen make your requests made known unto God first why? because you're acknowledging God I trust you you're acknowledging God you are the one you're my supplier you're my Jehovah Jireh Right, you're the one. In everything, in everything, relationships, right? Material things, promotions, all of these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Right standing with Him, be with Him, His justice. Don't don't look at. Uh, so I'm going to name it, and I'll get people mad at me. Don't look at all of these other social groups. Don't look at all of these other movements and all of this stuff to win your battles for you. Because then you're saying, God, you haven't done it yet. And if you don't believe that God has won your battles yet, you're not saved. Sorry, you're not saved. So if you don't think that God... If you're still depending on these social groups, if you're still depending on this movement, that movement, this political party, that political party, this army, that army, the real army, if you're still depending on anything else to win your battles or to get you justice, you're not going to hear the trumpet. I'm. I'm. I got. I say. See now. How more honest can I get? How more? Yeah. I know. I'm not going to fill a church this way. But here's what I will do. I'm going to build his church. I'm. Listen. I'm going to have people who are ready that when that trumpet does sound, flying away, baby. I'm going to have some people who, no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter how bad it seems down here, it's not going to matter because when I get up there, all that goes away. Hallelujah. Praise God. The peace of God. See, this is it. This is why I think Luke touched on this uh, a couple of Wednesdays ago. See, that's why someone like me, who's you know, if we're going to be emotional all the time, if you're going to be emotional about everything, if you're going to be anxious for everything, you're not going to, have, you can't have peace. You can't have peace. And peace isn't just the absence of chaos. We know shalom, peace. This translates to the similar Hebrew word shalom, wellness, wholeness. Amen. Stress is a killer. Stress causes us to make bad decisions. Stress even affects our physical health. I know. But, my brothers and my sisters, this, this scripture says it all. Let my gentleness be known by all men. Calm down, don't think the worst give people the benefit of the doubt if somebody breaks bad with you hush let it go walk away you don't always have to have the last word come on I don't want to see any wives nudging their husbands right now and as funny as that sounds it's true right hallelujah see I I can keep preaching I could keep going but I'm not going to I want to ask the praise team to come back up. we're, We're going to sing that last song again, but now listen. Can I ask you folks, those of you who are in the room and those of you who are still watching, can you please consider, I know I preached a little bit long, but can I get you to kind of consider just a handful of things right now? Consider this. The question, which is also... The title of the message is, Are You Growing? Are You Growing? So listen, you may be a tongue-talking, prophesying, healing, you may do, are you growing? Are you growing?